Hello, Internet. Thank you for joining us. Again, we're coming to you in a special episode here. I am here at DNA HQ. We've got co-host there, man of the hour, looking just dapper as hell in that uh, jazz hat there. We got AJ coming in remote. Again, we're trying to get this to you as fast as possible. How's it going, AJ? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. More exciting news for uh, Jazz Nation. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So let's go ahead and talk about the biggest story uh, of the evening from yesterday, uh, which is uh, JC, Jordan Clarkson, offing into the final year of his contract with the Utah Jazz. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, this is huge. This is huge. Jordan clarkson has he's been a pivotal part of the Jazz's success the last couple of seasons. You know, won six men of the year a couple of years ago, shot the ball really well, created, um, kind of found himself as a player, you know, here with our Utah Jazz. I'm super excited to have him back. Awesome. Yeah, me too. Uh, so he's opting into that final year of his contract, $14.3 million. Uh, it was first reported by Sarah Todd of Deseret News. Uh, she also indicated that there is a potential, there's possibility of ongoing talks right now for a three-year contract extension to keep him in Utah for the next couple seasons. Uh, this was later confirmed by a tweet from Mark Stein, preferring to stay in Utah versus ch- chesting out free agency, basically. What do you think about that? What do you think about, uh, do you think that bodes well? I think that bodes huge for Utah that oh, we have dude. a key free agent is saying, no, I want to stay here. I think that speaks well for the organization where we're sitting at. Because here in Utah, we know it's just not easy to get free agents in Utah. That's just, no. it's, it's how it is. Utah has a rep and we've got to, it's going to take a long time to, to break that down brick by brick. But I think this is huge that we have a key free agent that not only signed an extension when he got traded here, but is now willing to pass up an even bigger contract elsewhere to also stay here. No, I mean, I, I think it's it's enormous, and I think it's been in, in, in the works for a couple of years now. You know, Donovan Mitchell was huge that he didn't, you know, he, he wanted to stay in Utah. Rudy Gobert, um, he wanted to stay in Utah. You know, we, we've attracted, I mean, we attracted Rudy Gay in. I understand he was on the tail end of his contract, but they've actually made some pretty good pretty good progress towards getting some of these big-time free agents in here and, and now retaining someone like Jordan Clarkson, especially because, I mean, Jordan's big into the fashion scene, and he's 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 a big time dude uh, in in the NBA. So for him to want to stick around and you know not go somewhere that you know would usually attract some of these stars like L.A., Miami, uh, mm. it's pretty cool to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I think it's big. I think what Ryan Smith and the rest of the Jazz organization have done, uh, bringing in Dwayne Wade as partial owner, you know, doing all these different things to kind of make the team more accessible to a more national market and make us uh, have a better representation as an NBA team, especially with the all-star game. I think they did a fantastic job with that. So yeah, definitely. I think the paradigm is shifting a little bit for people like, Oh, you go play in Utah then kind of thing that we had uh, back in the nineties and stuff like that. So let's kind of uh, banter a little bit about this three-year contract extension. What do you think that's going to look like? Do you think the jazz are going to offer him something that he could have gotten in free agency? Or do you think he's going to take a pay cut to stay with the team? My opinion is Jordan's probably got a number in his head and I would say they probably front load most of that onto next year's contract. Um, into the 24-25 season. And then they probably it probably moves down in value in the latter seasons. Make it a little bit easier to move. Plus, they're going to have to pay Larry Markkinen um, in those later seasons. Larry's locked up for two more seasons, and they're going to have to pay him. I, I would guess that they would do something like that to just kind of make sure that they can you know pay him out next year and then still be able to pay Larry when it's time. Everyone's happy. Everyone wins. Uh, what also went down uh, earlier this week, uh, which was uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, THT, also opted in to the final year of his contract, which was just over $11 million. Huge, dude. I mean, this is another huge pickup for the Jazz. THT had a fantastic 25 games to finish the season out. 
Um, you know, he averaged 20 minutes a game, um, shot 28% from three, and he played in 65 games for the Jazz last season. This guy, this, he's got he's got a huge opportunity to get into the into the regular rotation, you know, bump those minutes up to the 25, 26 range. He's he's a big, long player, and, and he's still young. You know, he's 6'4 with like a 6'8 wingspan or something, and he's only 22 years old. This could this could turn out very well for the Jazz, for sure. He, he, he could find some regular rotation minutes. He could really be effective. I, I mean, I look forward to seeing him play another year in a Jazz uniform. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Did, who do you see as being the Jazz starting point guard this year? I could see them starting THT. With the production he had last year when he was starting, I could definitely see him starting for the Jazz to see this next season open up. Yeah, I think so too. I think I can't remember where it was, but where I saw it, but there was uh, talks about how many guards are competing for minutes for the Utah Jazz, which is definitely something we will get into a little bit later. Smart move on his part. You know, I don't really think. I think while he, had towards the, like you said, towards the end of the year, he did really prove his value to this team. But I don't really think it's on a national NBA stage that he really kind of earned anything, any kind of contract that's going to be better than what he can make this year. Really in a position, you know, where he's got a decent contract of 11 million for an unproven vet is is nothing to sneeze at. I think that's a great position for him, him to be in. But it also really kind of get, puts you in kind of a prove it mode if you want to earn that next contract and be an unrestricted free agent next year. You put yourself in a great time when the salary cap does go up again. To really earn a nice you know, three to five year contract. So I would say that's probably exactly the conversation the Jazz had. You know, you got a chance to fight for a starting position here. If you go somewhere else, that's not going to be the case. You know, you could be a bench player. You know, you've got an, you've got an unrestricted contract, an unrestricted year coming up. Stay here, get you a chance to earn the minutes, earn that you can show this, show somebody that you deserve a new contract somewhere. And I think the Jazz will put him in the best position to do so. Yeah, you know, it's really on him to make sure that he performs at the level that he needs to. So, great option again, another win-win scenario for the Utah Jazz there and the players. Uh, so, both JC and THT, I think they landed exactly the way that they needed to and it's and also still in the team's interest so let's go ahead and move on let's talk about kelly olenic uh the jazz actually picked up his his team option uh, which is a little different than the other two they were on player options and his was uh 12.2 million i believe uh he is on the roster for next year what is what is your take on kelly olenic uh, returning to the jazz next season this one's kind of a wash for me. I don't I don't know if this is technically a win-win for the Jazz. I feel like this just gives them a little bit of roster flexibility and maybe a trade piece in the future. They're going to have to waive somebody at some point on on this roster. I think I think they've got 16 on contract now with, you know, obviously 15 being the max. It makes my blood boil a little bit to think that Kea would get minutes over a healthy Taylor Hendricks. I like Kelly Olynyk. I think he provided some quality minutes for the Jazz last year. He doesn't really add a whole ton of value in my opinion. No, that makes sense. Uh, Tony Jones of The Athletic uh, did state in an interview on ESPN 700 that the Jazz front office and in particular Matt Hardy really loved the fact that he's a facilitator on the floor when uh, the Jazz were having issues with not having not having anybody they could rely on to run the point. Uh, Kelly Olenek, when he was healthy last year, was an option to you know basically bring the ball up a couple of times. So that was a little bit of uh, hidden value that he has that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet. Uh, but yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think this is kind of a net uh, equal on value for this team. Two things, I think. I don't think he's going to be taking minutes away from Taylor Hendricks. I think if that's the case, he's going to be on the team because we need to see where Taylor Hendricks is. If he's performing well 
and he's able to handle the minutes and able to handle the NBA structure, then you'll probably see Kelly Olenek be moved at the deadline. Uh, it's just an insurance piece, I think, for Utah, just to add depth to make sure that, he has, that we have somebody there at that position in case we need it. So, And to yeah. be clear, I mean, Kelly Olenek did have a, a really good season for the Jazz last year. He averaged 28 minutes, 12 and a half points, shot 39.4% from three. That, that's a good season. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's his, one of his best three-point shooting seasons. And it shows that the Jazz's roster can kind of do that. Um, he played in 68 games, so he was healthy most of the year. Like I said, I, I would say anything that's going to hurt the development of Taylor Hendricks, that's where I would shy away from Kelly Olenek. Oh, yeah, great, great piece there and, and great point. You know, we're not saying that he's any sl- a slouch. We're not saying this is Trey Lyles and he's just not really performing. We need to move yeah. on, move him off the... <laughs> You know, he's definitely, he had his, like you said, best season with the Utah Jazz last year, shooting almost 40% from three. You know, and like I mentioned, he has some tangibles that aren't showing up on the stat sheet that would want to keep him here. But yes, 100%. You have a top 10 pick. You really need to put him out there to make sure you know what you have there. I think just having him on the roster, making sure, you know, in case anything happens, you know, as an insurance policy is good. And then if everything's good at the trade deadline, you'll probably see a decent haul for Kelly, probably. Um, yep. Let's talk about how much this affects the Jazz salary. The salary cap is set at $136 million for the season. Let's say that all three rookies that we drafted all sign, right? Plus the contract we have, we actually will be above the 90% minimum of the salary, up behind, underneath the salary cap. We'll still be about $3 million shy of the salary cap for total. We're not hitting any of the luxury tax threshold where we have to pay out, basically. So Jazz are in a good position to be above the 90%. Uh, with uh, JC opting in and with THC opting in, uh, but we're not at the salary cap, which is 136 million. So we're we're basically right where we want to be when it comes to salary. That's such a good position for the Jazz, especially if we can be competitive this year, you know, and not pay a luxury tax. That's just a win-win situation for ownership. Um, kind of gives us an idea of where we need to be with you know kind of the roster that we've already put together. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of a bad deal when you go into the luxury tax and you know you're not competing for anything. Uh, and I think that's kind of exactly where the Jazz are. You know, they they've got a bunch of fringe players that they're not sure you know which way they're going to go. We can we can stay right at that line, not pay any luxury tax, and see where this team really goes in the future. Jeremiah Jensen of KSL Sports was on ESPN 700. He was talking about. Uh, Kelly Olenek, JC, and THT's contracts, and how all of these are friendly, tradable, team-friendly contracts, every single one of them. And I mean, kind of like we were talking before before we got on here, you know, the Jazz have got a ton of like really good contracts to be moved. I mean, as far as Jordan Clarkson's contract with his mm-hmm. opt-in, I mean, it's 14 million bucks for a player like Jordan Clarkson's a great deal for anybody that would take him. Uh, I mean, THT's contracts at 11 million. Uh, the Kelly Olynyk contract. All these contracts are super movable. They could get rid of some of these and then bring in a player that you know that might push him into luxury tax. My my vote for that player is obviously Dame Lillard. Um, let's make that happen before the season starts. But you know that's neither here nor there. I mean, he made it quite clear that it were her, he wanted to be traded. Uh, out of the potential teams that would be interested or made up an offer to trade for him. Uh, he did say that the only the one that stands out to his mind is Miami. That's just speculation. Not going to really worry too much about that. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, jump into a little fun conversation here I wanted to talk about, which is uh, former Jazzmen and their new teams. The Orlando Magic just made the signing of the year uh, easily because now they're going to be a playoff team because they get, you know. The man, the, the myth, myth, the legend, Joe Ingles. That's right. Slow-mo Joe signs a two-year, $22 million contract with the Orlando Magic. What do you think the Magic are getting in Slow-mo Joe? They're getting a veteran, man. I mean, just a veteran that he's a fan favorite. You love having him on the court. He's going to direct all the young guys. 
Um, he makes good decisions. He slowed down a little bit in his old age and since that, that knee injury that he had, but he's, he's going to be a fantastic shooter. The fans are going to love having Joe out there, I guarantee it. Yeah, and, you know, it's nice warm weather. You know, slow-mo Joe, he's not getting any older. Not getting any I hope he comes back to Utah to retire, man. I honestly hope that he comes back and becomes part of the coaching staff. That's, yeah. my, that's, my, that's my hope. So whether he spends a year as a player and becomes, you know, our what's-his-name with Miami, where he's just been with the team for 17 years, doesn't see any court time, but they keep signing. Udonis Haslam, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Haslam. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. All right, and uh, George Niang uh, also signs a new contract. He signs a three-year deal worth $26 million. Did you know where he ended up? Didn't he go to uh, Orlando as well? No, he actually did uh, join back up with another former jazz man. He actually went to Cleveland. So oh, that's right. Okay, I knew that he went somewhere with another jazz guy. Okay, so Niang joins Donovan, huh? Yeah, and Raul Neto. Oh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't play with Neto though. Uh, I don't think so. No, yeah, no I'm not sure. Have. That's pretty yeah. cool. The Cavaliers are going to love having George Niang, man. The minivan's a fun player to watch too. Absolutely. I loved having him in Utah. I was pretty bummed when the Jazz didn't resign him. Yeah, I, I thought so too. But again, he's definitely going to be – he's got a perfect fit in Cleveland. Uh, great regular season team uh, that's going to just not perform well in the playoffs. So I think George Niang is going to line up perfectly with that because uh, I think that's the similar thing that we had with him here. He's basically a corner shoot three. Yeah, he struggled. He really struggled in the playoffs. When you're when you're down to that roster and you've got to perform and – you know, because he was only going to get three to four minutes a night in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And – He's, he's, he was just such a rhythm player. If he came in and missed one or two threes, he was done for the night. I mean, yeah. get him out of there because he's just going to brick everything else. Yeah, and he's beyond a team where he has a little bit more leash to miss a few shots and make a few shots. If that's all he's going to be doing, you know. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully they uh, take good advantage of his skill set there in Cleveland. And, yeah, so as far as Cleveland making the move and signing George Niang, don't know if that uh, adds any uh, value to them making any further in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Nope. but Zero relevance. Uh, yeah, but, you know, still good to see George Nian getting a contract. So Absolutely. definitely want to see that. All right, folks. Well, once again, that has been a special edition of the Utah Jazz a recap there from us here at the DNA Sports Recap. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is available as a podcast. This will actually go up on the podcast as well. This time we're going to do a special short episode to have that show up here. Keep in mind, we do post videos every week where we recap this week in sports. So make sure you take a look at that. Please keep those comments coming. Uh, we've had great interaction with you guys over the last couple of weeks, so we really appreciate it. And also consider subscribing if you haven't yet. Once again, folks, my name is Darren. That is AJ. And this has been the DNA Sports Recap. Till next time.